there and welcome along to the Jersnet podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers show made by fans for fans, where all of our content is absolutely free. And if you like what we're doing here on the podcast, then why not head over to the website at www.jersnet.co.uk, where there's a whole load of other great free content, including plenty of articles, uh, a history archive, a friendly discussion forum, as well as the social media pages, match reviews, previews, all of that good stuff. Please do head over to the website and check that out. Uh, it's just gone nine o'clock on Wednesday, the 24th of November. We're here with a little bonus preview pod to look ahead to tomorrow night's crucial Europa League group stage tie uh, at Ibrox against Sparta Prague, uh, match day five of the uh, of the group. Um, probably fair to say a, a, a bit of a must-win game, so we're going to take a little look ahead to that and see what we need to do to get that one over the line. If you are joining us live tonight on the YouTube stream, then thank you very, very much for giving up your Wednesday evening. Please do let us know your, your questions, your thoughts, your comments uh, as we go, and we'll get to as many of them as we possibly can. Remember that the podcast always goes out for download the next day, and you can get that wherever you get your normal podcast from, which is Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and also on Spotify. Before we get started, um, just wanted to sort of pass on Good wishes from from everyone here at Jersnet to John Fleck, who obviously took a, um, a, a sort of an episode of illness yesterday during a game for Sheffield United. Um, collapsed on pitch. He seems to be sort of conscious and awake in hospital. And uh, whilst we get to the bottom of what happened there, all of us at Jersnet, we just want to pass on all of our thoughts and best wishes to John and, and to his family. So, looking ahead to tomorrow night, I've got two excellent guests from the Jersnet pool to discuss uh, to discuss Sparta. First of all, I'll bring in Gary Valentine. Gary. Please tell me, have you calmed down after the disgraceful performance on uh, on Sunday in the Cup there? Just, I, I kind of forgot all about it and I watched the press conference today and they were asking McGregor and likes questions about Goldson's comments, just infuriated me again. Yeah, I, uh, I quite liked McGregor's style of, uh, of dealing with that, just shutting it down and saying, oh, I'm not here to Good on him. I, I Good would just him. put him out for every interview because even if we get beat, it's entertaining. Yeah, that's that's true. I think he'll end up battering a reporter. Um, also with us tonight, we've got Dougie. Dougie, um, how excited are you to begin the Geo era in earnest? Um, very. Um, I was all in on Stephen Gerrard. I thought Stephen Gerrard was the right appointment at the right time. Um, since his departure, though, I think I think there's a few cracks appearing. Um, and I think it's probably the right time to bring in a fresh face. And there's something about Gio that 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 really appeals to me right now. He's got a bit of a dick advocate kind of disciplinarian about him right now. And, you know, you see him as uh, stopwatch around his, his neck. It's very dick advocate. And I think at this moment in time, the team needs a bit of a freshen up. And I think it certainly needs a bit of discipline. There's certain individuals in the team right now that could do with a little bit of Dutch discipline. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It was quite um, enlightening, wasn't it, seeing his... Uh his press conference when he was unveiled, he was quite clear about that disciplinarian style about that he will have to look players in the eye, see who wants to be here, see who wants to, to knuckle down and do some hard work. And yeah, given the uh, the fact that that press conference was about 18 hours after the cup semi-final, it was certainly very well received. Right, well, uh, let's let's take a look ahead then to tomorrow night against Sparta. Dougie, I'll, I'll start with yourself. Um, we did not have a good start to this Europa League group stage campaign um, disappointing results at home against Leon, and then when we went over to Prague, um, picked up a little bit with, with results against Bromby. But where we are now, how do you see this game tomorrow? There's, there's talk of the fact that we need to win this by two to, to get our qualification. Leon, for me, were arguably the best side we've faced in Europe since we sort of returned to the European stage. So, are we seeing tomorrow night's game as kind of a, a, a playoff shootout? I tell you what it is, it's a bloody big game. 
Um, a lot of people right now might think Sunday against Livingston is bigger because we need to win the league. Um, but if we want to continue to improve year on year, we need the finances from Europa League. Um, I know that the third place team drops into the Conference League. It's something we've spoken in depth about before. Um, but you get more money in the Europa League. Um, you get more credibility in the Europa League that allows you to attract a higher calibre of player if you perform in that in that competition. Um, so it's a bloody big game. Um, there's also the the rivalry that we have, not just with Sparta Prague, but with, with Prague clubs in, in general just now, which makes the game massive for me. Um, for me, it's a, an opportunity for us to go out and silence racists in the best possible way, and that's with um, that's with a victory. Um, you touched on there, Ross, we need to win the game by two clear goals and, and that seems to be a bit of an issue for us at the moment. I think our main focus right now should be on just getting a result. Um, and if we win by two clear goals, then then excellent. Um, but we know we're going to finish the group in a very tough place and that's over in Leon. Um, I only hope that Leon do go and beat Bronby tomorrow. Um, and it means that they go into the last game, confirm group winners and nothing to play for from a, a Europa League perspective and therefore potentially might rotate their team, um, play some more of their not-so-first-pick players, which gives us an opportunity over in Lyon, which we've obviously seen historically um, we're capable of. Um, but yeah, tomorrow's a massive game. Um, it just feels right now that every game is massive. Um, you know, we're Glasgow Rangers. We win games. We win trophies. Um, unlike Gary, I have still not calmed down about Sunday. Sunday was just appalling um, as, a, as a representation of Rangers Football Club. Um, but there's no better way to get over a defeat like we, we experienced on Sunday than get into a big game um, like Sparta Prague tomorrow. And um, if these players have any pride and have any desire to, to show these supporters that pay their wages, that travel hundreds of miles to watch this team, that there's still hunger, then they'll go out and do the job for us tomorrow. I think you're absolutely right. Just very quickly, um, Dougie, I, I really don't want to kind of make tomorrow night's game a, a, about the kind of the, the Prague and the racism element, but do you think that that might have any kind of impact or, or factor in, in the performance tomorrow? Um, i tell you what it will have. It, 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 you won't have a bunch of school children racially abusing Glenn Kamara for the whole game and putting pressure on a referee. Um, what, what I hope is that Glenn Kamara, if he is selected, then he, he might not be. Um, Gio might make the decision to take him out of that that you know that spotlight away from um a, a team and a city and a country that's that's racially abused him in, in more than one occasion. Um but if he does play I hope he goes in with the right mentality. Um certainly with the Ibrooks crowd, um I think tomorrow night could and should be a very um positively hostile atmosphere. Obviously we've just come off the back of an absolutely atrocious result on Sunday, but this game means a lot. To me, it means a lot to, uh, to this club and it means a lot to our supporters. And, and I just hope that um, tomorrow night, the supporters that go along are not still um, dwelling on, on Sunday's performance, that we go into that game tomorrow, we get behind the team, we get behind a new manager um, and we bring the noise. Absolutely. Gary, we've seen Gio on the training ground now. We've seen Gio in the press conference. And in that press conference, he said that we could probably expect some changes. He's got a style that he wants to play, um, very much kind of schooled in the Dutch footballing philosophy and that we can expect some changes uh, tomorrow evening. I think he mentioned that in his press conference today. Um, what would you like to see in terms of changes from Sunday, but also from how we've been playing so far this season? Well, I'd like to see you uh, get rid of all these players that keep letting us down after cup game after cup game, but unfortunately we can't do that. Um 
the, the one good thing is, is that, as you say, it's a Dutch football uh, model that it comes in. So there really shouldn't be that much major changes to, the, to our system. Could it, he could have been a, an Italian manager that played a back three and, and stuck with that and we had to change a total system. The, the players are there to fit a 4-3-3. Three, three. That's the way Gio Seri wants to play. Um, the, the wee bits and bobs I've read says that he kind of likes to play the, the two holding midfielders and the, the three just in front, which especially in Europe, offers a bit more protection. Um, I'd like to see Hadji play a bit further forward just behind a striker. I think when he, he, we were kind of forced into that towards the end of last season, um, with injuries, I think he was one of our better players and we finished the season quite uh, well. Um, and also uh, read a wee bit saying that he likes to play like a, a right-footed player on the left and a left-footed player on the right further forward so they can cut inside and it also allows the, the full-backs to to overtake so I don't know if that's maybe Rebo could play on the right and Kent could play on the, the left um, I don't think he'd, he'd play um, Barisic um, that's my kind of gut feeling I don't think I don't think he'd drop a, a key captain um, so I think Bassi may come in I think he deserves to, to play I think he's been playing pretty well I was kind of shocked that he didn't start on Sunday um, And other than that I wasn't sure about if Roof was still injured or not, I'd never picked up in the, the press conference. I think he's got a big decision to make up front because uh, Morelos just hasn't been doing it. Um, especially Sunday, just didn't look interested. Um, the, the optimist in me says it's a clean slate for everybody and we really do need a kind of kick up the arse, a spark, whatever you want to call it. And hopefully this is the time. Um, I, I felt that result Sunday been coming for quite a while. So like six games we've had to be losing the first uh, goal, things like that. And uh, it's, we've all got eyes, we, we, we can see what's happening. We've scraped a couple of games, we've got a bit lucky in places. The defence hasn't been playing well, but so I'm giving the guys the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully, on um, Thursday, we can start afresh. Everybody gets a clean slate, and hopefully, Van Bronckers can get that. We lift everybody needs and we can get the result. I think you're. I think you're right that he, he's unlikely to drop his captain in his first game. Um, but I agree with what you said. It'd be a hell of a statement if he was to drop him for yeah, Patterson. It would. It would. Um, but I, I agree with what you're saying about Bassey, in particular, the fact that he played Barisic the weekend. I said on the on the show on Sunday there. I sort of stand by it now. I reckon that that interim management team to a safe option. We're going to play yeah, totally the, 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 the safe, the, the experienced players, Barisic, Tavernier, Arfield to, to an extent and that's possibly how we ended up uh, in the state that we did. Um, Dougie, one player that we've not mentioned so far who has dominated Rangers headlines over the last few days is, is Connor Goldson. Um, I, I said some strong stuff on Sunday uh, about how disgusted I was at his comments Um it, it's a, it, it, we're in a difficult position I think we all know in terms of centre-back coverage Nico Katic is out on loan Jack Simpson's not in the Euro squad so our, our options are naturally limited um, it's been interesting to see all of the sort of former Rangers players former Rangers defenders who have been contacted by press to give their thoughts on Golson's comments um, there's still a very vocal movement to drop Conor Goldson after, after what he said at, at the game on Sunday where do you come down on this debate? I knew you were going to ask me this question because of our debate before the call. Yeah. Um, I am still slightly undecided where I, I sit in the fence around Connor Goldson. Um, 
And my dad's watching right now and he's going to be raging at the fact that I'm defending his comments, right? Because on one hand, what he said is unacceptable as a Rangers player. One, you never surrender. At Rangers, you never surrender. Um, and also to say that you've lacked hunger or you lack hunger, and there's other members of the squad that lack hunger, is just completely um, beyond the realms of imagination for me because you're representing what is one of the greatest football clubs in the world. Why should you lack hunger? Um, and... You know, you just touched on the, the comments made by um, two legends and Richard Goff and Arthur Newman. Um, I think they firmly put the ex-Brighton defender in his place um, with, with their comments. Um, on the other, I think he's going to regret his comments. Um, I think, I, thought, I don't think he was the worst player in the pitch. Um, and I think he's taken a lot of the heat off of others um, that, that, quite frankly, didn't perform on Sunday. Um including his central defender um, alongside him and, and Leon Balligan. I thought Balligan was, was very, very poor. Um, I think he was slightly misinterpreted. I think Conor Goldson was raging, rightly, around the level of performance. Um, and I think he's he's potentially came out and he's he's not said entirely what he meant. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say something just now that's not really been mentioned before, um, you know, I've not seen it on Twitter. I've not seen anyone call it out, right? Um, Stephen Gerrard gave all his players a holiday whilst the players went on international duty. And um, players can choose what they want to do with their time off, right? And I could go completely critical right now and say to Stephen Gerrard, um, give the holiday because he was homesick and he wanted to spend some time with his family and he thought it was a good opportunity for his coaching team to go and spend some time with their families. Also being Jordan Milsom's 40th birthday, where they wanted to go out on the piss. So I could be critical and, and kind of question the motive behind giving a holiday. But of all the players that took that holiday and used it product- productively, Connor Goldson went over to Dubai and worked with a personal trainer in the sunshine to improve his fitness. Whereas, you know, you look at the, the, the fitness levels of certain other players on that pitch, Alfredo Morelos in particular, they didn't look like they had 90 minutes in them. So I think what Connor Goldson's actually pointing out is he wants to see more commitment from the rest of the, the team. Um, but I wouldn't air that dirty laundry in public. I don't know what he hoped to gain from it. We've got a new manager coming in. Keep it private. Raise it with your new manager if you've already raised it with your, your teammates and they've, they've, not, um, they've not acted on it. Um, but I think what Gary said there is, is bang on. We've got a new manager in that, that comes and gives a clean slate to everyone. I expect Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will have sat down and had some very tough words with Conor Goldson, getting to the bottom of his comments and getting to the bottom of whether he wants to be here. Um, because this is a player that, um, he's a vice captain of Rangers Football Club. Um, he's also a key player. You know, he was a Jersnet player of the season last year and he was my vote. I thought Conor Goldson was superb last season. And the Conor Goldson we are seeing right now is the Conor Goldson of the previous year. It's not the Conor Goldson that, that they kind of help drag this team through to title 55. So I'm just hoping that Van Bronckhorst has gone in and, you know, had a, a very tough conversation with him and gets to the bottom of his comments and allows Conor Goldson to give his real burning desire to make amends. Um, one of my mates actually made a point after the event, um, should Conor Goldson have made a statement afterwards? Um, you know, today's press conference, both Gio and Alan McGregor were, were asked about his comments. Alan McGregor kind of brushed it off. I wasn't so impressed with comments, to be honest. I think when you're winning, it's fine to be a wee bit arrogant. See, when you're losing, I, I kind of want a wee bit more accountability and ownership from my players. 
Um, Van Bronckhorst, on our hand, did kind of allude to the fact that he's had conversations with the players. So I'm kind of hoping that um, that we've really had a tough conversation with, with Goldson. Um, but one of the things that Gary said was you get a bounce from a new manager. Um, I was watching Match of the Day on uh, Saturday. In fact, I think it may have been Sunday's one where Connor Cody was on. And Connor Cody spoke about sometimes you go a bit stale under a manager and sometimes you need a wee bit of a freshen up. And, and he said sometimes we're freshen up. It's just something different, you know, a different level of training, a different lens on things. And I completely agree with your comments around, I think the interim management team kept it safe. I think um, they would have kept training very similar. So I don't think they would have done anything that gave the players a boost going into Sunday. I'm hoping that this is the, the opportunity for Gio to get a bit of a reaction from the players. And when I watched matches a day, I watched um, Timo Puki, um, you know, Norwich's key man and um, Grant Hanley, their captain, score the goals for Norwich in their victory. I watched um, Ollie Watkins and Tyrone Mings get the goals for Aston Villa. So that's their main striker and their, their captain again. And for Newcastle, obviously they, they drew, but it was again their captain, Lascelles, and their key man, um, Alan St. Maximin, that, that grabbed the goals. What I really want to see from the players, and I include Conor Goldson in this, is each of them stand up for each other uh, tomorrow night and they, they go in with a point to prove. And I think this time tomorrow night, we will know who wants to be here and who's prepared to fight for this football club and for Giovanni from Broncourt. Yeah, I think that's that's very fair. The new manager bounce um, or the new manager impact, I think, is, is going to be huge tomorrow. Um, could maybe have expected some of it on Sunday, but... Uh, here we are. Gary, let's let's turn our focus to Sparta and, and the practicalities of tomorrow night. What did we learn about them? They, they, they obviously they got a, a, a good result against us in the first leg um, and they posed certain threats. What did we learn about, about Sparta and, and what would you like to see us sort of change or, or do differently from that first leg? Well, I kind of, when I seen your agenda, I watched a wee bit of the, the previous game back just to refresh my memory and I, I was quite shocked at the amount of kind of times we had like uh, counter-attacks against us and it maybe left a shot at the back and they'd maybe have a three on two or a, a two on two and uh, they, they hit the post late on they had a, I don't go pretty much and the guy missed it that could have easily been a bit of a drubbing if they'd taken their chances I know we missed some chances ourselves but I think uh, we need a wee bit more security at the back and I think as I said earlier, with the, if he's got to play two kind of holding midfielders, that might allow Tavernier to go further forward, allow Barisic, Passive, whoever it may be on the left, to go further forward. But we'll have that security, maybe four men at the back rather than what was before. It was sometimes two or three three guys just getting hit in a counter-attack. And, and the, the guys were absolutely rapid. And because we played such a high line, they had a, a, basically a full half to, to run into and it was causing all, all sorts of problems. So if we can get that tied up, hopefully we'll manage to nick a couple of goals. How about going forward, Gary? I mean, we have some very, very talented creative players, Joe Aribo, uh, Ryan Kent, Scott Wright, not had so much of a look-in, particularly in Europe. Yanis um, Hadji as well, who who has flourished in the Europa League. And then it comes to the, the question of up top. Like you say, we don't really know what's happening with Kamar Roof, but do you see a role for Morelos tomorrow night? Will it be Sakala? How does he how does he take it? Going we need to score at least two goals tomorrow. Well, straight away, I'm surprised you never even mentioned Brent, uh, Brandon Barker. Um, 
<laughs> Please don't forget he's still there as well. Um, no, in all seriousness, um, it's a, a, a hell of a, a, a conundrum for him because Morelos is our main man, he's our talisman. You see what he's done for us the last three, four seasons. He, he is, uh, if Alfredo Morelos is in the mood and he plays, it makes your team tick. But the thing is that he's he's no been doing it when he doesn't do it, which, uh, 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 as I've spoken about before, I think, on the, on the pod, we have a problem now where we're comparing things to last season, but people forget the, the two seasons previous. The amount of times before last season, which it could be seen to be a freak now, is that when Morelos wasn't interested, we never had the rest of the team digging him out. Because last year, it, it was good. It wasn't great. I think he's been better in previous seasons. But we last season, we had the guys who could dig him out, could score those goals. And at the minute, he doesn't look interested, but we've no got any guys... Um, kind of digging them out I know, I, know, I know I've scraped it I'm not trying to make it as if I've been that bad but as I say I think see, these results have have been maybe better on paper but, but the reality has been for, for watching the games and, and if Morelos isn't going to do it then we maybe need to, to, to drop him and play a roof play a Sakala give the guy a chance can I, you, see, you can play a Scott Wright or something, can some, try something different but if Morelos is playing as, as the main man and if he's not interested he's, he's a man down Yeah I, th- I think that's fair it's, you make a really good point that the, the ratio of goals scored last season by Morelos compared to the rest of the team is so far and away different to, to where we were two or three seasons ago um, it was such a huge part of the success was, was guys like Ryan Kent Hadji Aribo chipping in with, with goals and Obviously, Tavernier and Barisic doing what they do down the flanks. Uh, you even Cedric Itton as well. So, sorry. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, good point. Yeah. Even Cedric Itton as well, who's not there. So we're, we're kind of a striker down in, yeah. in, in that part. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and it, it does, and probably not a question for, for tonight, but Cedric Itton up top, Nico Katic at the back. Does it call into question the uh, our, our use of loans in the last transfer window? Maybe, maybe not. Dougie, how about yourself? Morelos has been imperious in Europe for Rangers, our, our top ever European goal scorer. Can Gio afford to drop this guy in his in his first game? I think Gary makes a very good point around it depends on what Morelos turns up. You know, the Morelos of Sunday is a man down. Um, but I am hoping that, that, that when Gio comes in, he, he does light that fire again under someone like Morelos. Um, there's been a lot of jokes made on social media around you know, Morelos was almost playing as a deep-lying playmaker under Gerard Latterley. Um, I, I don't think um, Gio's had enough time with this team to make any fundamental changes to how we play. But I'm hoping one of the things that he encourages Morelos to do is just play a wee bit further up the pitch and be more effective in, in that space rather than, than coming deep so often. Um, but it's a massive call for him. You know, like Gary touched on earlier on around the decision he's got with Tav at right back. You're not just dropping Tavernier, the right back, for you know a young player like Patterson. You're dropping your captain, and it's a bit like Morelos. I know for Morelos doesn't deserve to play, but you still are talisman. And you go back, you know, you ask Gary the question around the the, the game in Prague. Um, Sakala played up front in that game, and um, he was probably early on in his career at Rangers and, and still finding his feet. Um, but he just doesn't have that same. You know, presence that, that Morelos gives and, and one of the big differences in Europe um, with Morelos is he's brilliant at holding the ball up and you know he wins things up in that that, that, that kind of final third um, so it's a big decision to make um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play but I think it all comes down to his attitudes um, 
the interesting thing for me, Ross, is we're focusing very much on the forward line. Um, I was chatting to some mates after after Sunday, and we were just kind of spitting some facts. And I'm going to I'm going to share some some stats with us just now because um, a couple of them really focus on what we were good at last season and where the where it's fallen down this season. And it actually, is at the back. Um, we won one nil sixteen times last season. So. You know, it's not like we had this free-flowing goal-scoring last season that, 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 that won his games convincingly. We were really tight and, and difficult to beat at the back. And we, you know, to, to Gary's point, we, we had different players stepping up at different times through the season. If you look at, look at our season so far, we have conceded six goals in the last three games despite only having five shots on target. Of the last 16 shots on target, we've conceded 12 goals. You know, we spoke a lot about the defence, Connor Goldson, Tav, Barisic, the options available. One player that we've not spoken about is Alan McGregor. I think Alan McGregor is suddenly declining at a very rapid rate. Um, Alan McGregor of last season was, was superb. The last good game that I remember Alan McGregor playing in, coincidentally, was over in Prague against Sparta. I'm hoping if Alan McGregor plays tomorrow, he finds a bit of that form again. Because what's very clear from that stat, from those stats, is we need everyone to be stepping up, particularly our goalkeeper, to stop having such a high ratio of, of shots on target hitting the back of the net. Would uh, would you be brave enough to tell him that to his face? Absolutely not. Oh, no, no <laughs> Ross, sorry um, for coming as well. There, yeah, uh, yeah. I actually had the, the the same thing written down about McGregor. Like I I love the guy, and in my opinion, he's he's. He's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen for Rangers, and include Andy Gorham in that. Um, but that, that's that as a fact. And in the last while, he's just not making saves that he was making previously, and and that's costing us. Like uh, <laughs> to go back to Sunday again, as we keep kind of doing that second goal. I mean, that, that's bread and butter for a keeper of Alan McGregor's standard, and uh, he just isn't he making any big saves. And it's the big saves that inspire. His defence inspire the rest of the team, and if he it starts from the back, just like defending starts from the front, he's got to inspire just as much as the strikers have got to be the first line of defence. And at the minute, it's just nobody's really pulling their weight or 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 being that leader to, to take the team forward. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, he's, he was in the presser today, so I mean, it's, it's it's probably fair to say he'll be he'll be playing tomorrow. But maybe again, it takes a new manager to come in and look at this and go we've got McCrory here that we can start flooding into the first team. We've got McLaughlin who, um, McLaughlin was excellent last season in terms of his, his stats, his clean sheets. Um, I, I can't think of a time that McLaughlin let us down. Um, yeah, maybe it is time to start thinking about that role and, and, and what we need to do with McGregor. He's what, 30, 37 years of age now, maybe 38. Um, it, it does sort of come to a, a natural stopping point at some point. And I think the stats that you give there, Dougie, about, shots on target to, to goal conversion, if you're an opposition manager, you lap that up. There's, there's your tactic. It's um, You've got fullbacks who don't like defending. You've got centre-halves who are out of form. And you've got a goalkeeper who's letting in 80% of shots on target. It's it, it, the, the, the tactic, the script rates itself, um, which is a little worrying given, as, as Gary said earlier, that um, the style that Sparta had was pacey attacks and, and, and getting shots on shots on target. Dougie, just to finish off, Gio really has had two, maybe three days to work with this squad 
how much of an impact can not just Geo, but the, the rest of the backroom staff? I mean, everyone's going mad over this Roy Mackay trickster for the circus clip. Um, how much of an impact can these guys really have in, in a couple of days? Very minimal. Um, he won't be able to get any of his kind of wider philosophies across. I think what he'll hope for is to look those players in the eye and, and get that hunger and fight back. Um, hopefully tell some home truths. Um, I think there'll be very subtle changes. I know he's spoken about his preferred style. Gary's went into it. Um, I think there'll be very subtle changes. I think we'll start 4-3-3. Um, but I think there'll be very subtle changes. When you look at Feyenoord, um, our wingers were wingers. Their, their, their wingers were wingers. Um, instead of these kind of number 10s and inverted wingers, uh, inv- in, what is it, inverted inverted 10s, was it, uh, Gerard called it. So I reckon you'll see um, certain players further up the pitch. Um, I'm hoping that's what we see is a wee bit more structure on the pitch. Um, you know, my, my final rant about Sunday, there's a, there's a still of the second goal, which shows the back four, and they're just so exposed. They're all over the place. And, and I think that's what's needed in these two training sessions. Is just a bit of a bit of structure, um, and I think if we can start with the absolute basics under Geo, then as time goes on, and you know the more training sessions he has, then hopefully he'll be able to get his wider philosophies across. Yeah, I think it's very consistent with what he said today. Is that it is about looking them in the eye, figuring out who who has that hunger, who has that desire to impress the new team, the new management team. Um, but the the players do seem to be starting to understand the message and the philosophy and everything. But that is that's a long term project, clearly. Um, gents, that takes us to, to half past. I think it's it's uh, only right that, that we wrap things up there. Obviously, Rangers against Sparta Prague tomorrow, 8pm in the Europa League, um, available on BT Sport and obviously through Rangers TV as well. Uh, a massive thank you to, to Gary and to Dougie for giving up their Wednesday evening and a big thanks as well to everyone who's joined us live tonight on the YouTube stream. Thank you very, very much for, for giving us your time. Uh, the podcast will, of course, be back on Sunday as we'll look back at the results against uh, Sparta, but also the trip to Livingston uh, on, on Sunday lunchtime. So please do tune in for that. And remember that that's always available for download the first thing on the Monday morning. Keep your eyes on the on the YouTube channel, actually, as well, because we might just be able to squeeze out some stuff live from Ibrox either before or after the game. I know Colin's really keen to do something there. So do keep your eyes peeled on that Jersnet uh, YouTube channel. Until the next time, please do head over to the website at www.jersnet.co.uk and maybe get yourself signed up to the Friendly Discussion Forum and we will see you next time. Have a great week.